In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, me and my brother James, we are here to discuss five prospects that transfer schools. And you know the saying, is the grass greener? And in this case, the grass has definitely been greener. Well, it's real early. But so far, the early returns are great, and the grass has been greener for Grant Nelson, Khalil Ware, Dalton Connect, Hunter Salas, and Hunter Dickinson. So stay tuned to find out our thoughts on these five prospects and how much they've improved their NBA draft stock. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the Director of Scouting for NBA Big Board. Got my co-host for today, James Barlow. Just so happens to be my brother. And in this episode, again, like I said, we're going to talk about five transfers that have definitely made an impact so far. And in this case, the grass is definitely greener. And if you are an everydayer, if you've been listening every day, you know that me and James, we are bringing you our own unique style of draft commentary. So we are looking forward to not only this episode, but bringing you our thoughts on college basketball and NBA draft prospects throughout this entire season. But before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that it's brought to you by Game Time. All you have to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, download the Game Time app. What's up, man? It's been What's a up, minute. Bro? I was in Paris. I was here. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Paris for five days and went to go check out a few French prospects. I didn't get a chance to see... T. John Salon, they said that he was under the weather. It was a game-time decision, and I was like, I'm not about to drive for three hours for a game-time decision. But I did see Melvin Ajinsa and Zachary Rieseshay. I did see them play. So I'll talk about that experience in, in a later episode. But I want to talk about these transfers, man. Okay. The grass has definitely been greener for these guys. Yeah. And the first player that I want to talk about is Grant Nelson. Grant's film just pops out. For sure. I had I liked him. I did like him last year, but I had some concerns because I, after he blew up, everybody was trying to figure out who's Grant Nelson, who's Grant Nelson. I remember talking to an NBA scout, and he was like, have you seen this kid play? And I said, um, no, but I'm sure you have. And he was like, really? I said, they played Arkansas last year, and they played Kansas. And he was at both of those games, and he said he didn't remember. So, shout out to KJ Pistons, who played a big role in, in Grant blowing up. And then he was like the media darling in a sense because, I mean, like I said, he's always going to pop out on film. Struggled at the Combine. I heard he kind of struggled this summer playing, like, pickup games with WME, yada, yada, yada. Decided not to enter the draft transfers to Alabama, and just based off of what I'm seeing right now, with this wide, wide open draft, Grant Nelson could be a lottery pick. I mean, think about it. Some of the guys that we thought were lottery yeah, picks are not playing well right now. But if you didn't know, like, you just watching film, took out the biases and, and the pre-hype, it's not too many players looking better than Grant Nelson right now. So what are your thoughts on Grant Nelson so far? 
Man, like you said, the, the film, he jumps off the screen, man. And, uh, you know, I just like well, mostly everybody else, my um, first, uh, you know, interaction with him was when he went viral. He was out there banging on dudes. But, like, he's still out there dunking on people. And his, he's got handles. Not, not yeah. like a big that can dribble. Like, he's got, like, legit, like, tight handles. Yeah, he went from, in my impression, last year was can handle the ball to a ball, ball handler. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like he can handle the ball, and um, Arkansas, or excuse me, Alabama is using him as like almost a point forward. Like he's yeah. initiating offense. Uh, he's got guards setting screens out there for him. He's rebounding, he's rebounding, man. Look, that's one of my favorite things to see in that prospect. Can you grab it and go? Because if you can do that, we can get into the offense easier. We can get um, mismatches in transition. Like, you can create offense. And he's doing that for himself. Uh, and, you know, he's athletic. He doesn't shy from contact. Uh, he had a play where he... He's saying he's athletic. He's a really impressive athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you got to yeah, give yeah, a little yeah, bit more credit. Well, I mean, I, again, he's, he's unique in the fact that there's nobody in this draft that I can think of who has the freedom or who's even doing it to grab a rebound, handle the ball. Turn it into a post Turn it into a post-up. That, yeah, that's us. I'm not trying to, like, diminish his athleticism. Like, he's athletic. Yeah. Um, the main thing that I see for him that is going to be an issue, because, again, this, this draft and the way that these dudes been playing, he definitely could jump. But you know what? He would make a huge jump, Ryan, if he could shoot the ball. Yeah, his misses look pretty bad. Yes. But what's crazy is he's shooting 90% from the foul line. Like right now, his splits are 55% from the floor, 28% from three, 90% from the foul line. In three games, he's averaging 16.7 points, 6.7 rebounds, three assists, and 2.3 blocks. Very unique prospect in a sense. I remember last year when he blew up, I had a scout from a – Western Conference team that is expected to compete for NBA title this year. Mm. Tell me, we don't have anybody on our roster that plays like him. There's nobody on our roster that's a big that can handle the ball in space, drive to the lane, and finish above the rim. And which is which is true. But the concern is what is his position? What I not necessarily what is his position, but what was his role? Because I didn't feel like they used him a lot as a role man in North Dakota, or North Dakota last year. I right. felt like he got post ups, but you see, and Alabama runs like an NBA style offense. You see him being used as a role man. You see him being used as a ball handler. I think, I mean, he made a genius decision to not only. Leave the draft, okay. go back to school, but he picked a school that is playing to his strengths. But yet the outside shooting is, I think, a, a, a concern. But the way they're using him now, it may not be that big of a concern because I can see him being used as a pick-and-roll finisher, and he's a pretty decent passer. He doesn't necessarily have to space the floor. I, I think a team could use him as a five. Interesting, interesting. So, do you have a comp for him right now, or is it too? No, I don't. I don't have a comp for him right now, just because the way that he's being used this year, I didn't 
see this. I didn't yeah. see him see. getting a rebound. Like you said, they have guards screaming for him. Yeah. And I mean, he just has a, a unique style because he, he's aggressive for sure. Mm-hmm. He's looking to get downhill. He's He can post up smaller defenders. I think a creative coach has to... I mean, a creative coach like Nate Oates is taking advantage of, of all his talent. So I think in the NBA, a creative coach can do the same thing. You know, he kind of reminds me of, like, when James Johnson figured it out, like, what position did he play? But he was a ball-handling power forward who could initiate. I'm not talking about the defense end, but, like, they use him like that. Like, because uh, the year Miami was supposed to be down, and they ended up going to the playoffs anyway. Like, James Johnson was, like, 14, like, 6 and 4 yeah. kind of guy. And that's what I – and he wasn't, like, a great spot-up shooter, but he would make one yeah. now and again. And, like, if that's what Brent Nelson becomes on offense, and, again, James Johnson settled into that role because it took him a long time or to, to get into that. Like, well, I just think, like, Chicago didn't know how to use yeah. him. And I remember I was working in the G League at the time, and he was on the Rockets. He played for RGV. And that's when I saw, like, wait a minute. They had this dude playing one, five. They just put him out there and let him. Yeah. I, I got to look back and see. Nick Nurse might have been the coach. So that, that year in Miami, his best year is when he got paid. He was 13 points, five rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. And, yeah, that's what, like, I can see Grant Nelson uh, assuming that kind of role at the next level. First round pick, in your opinion? Man, absolutely. I took you too. Of course, man. man. He's, he's definitely a first rounder. Nah, I didn't have him as a first rounder on my my big board in August, but just the way this draft has been going and, and just watching his film, and yes, they haven't really played anybody tough yet, but just watching the film, he stands out. And it'll be hard to think of 30 prospects, 29 prospects. That 20 are, prospects. That are better than him right now. All right, when we return, we're going to talk about Kalel Ware. Kalel Ware, the grass has definitely been greener for Kalel Ware. Transferring to, <laughs> transferring to Indiana has definitely worked out in his favor so far through three games. Stay tuned. But before we get into more prospects, I want to talk to you about BetterHelp because this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Now this time of year can be a lot and it's natural for a lot of people to feel some sadness or some anxiety, but adding something new and something positive to your life can counteract or offset some of the the challenges or feelings that you are going through. And therapy can be a bright spot throughout all the changes and feelings and it can give you something to look forward to. It can make you feel grounded, but also give you the tools to manage everything that is going on and that's why I am suggesting better help. Because if you are thinking about starting therapy, I am highly recommending better help. It is entirely online and it is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. You could get 10% off your first month. That is better dot com slash locked on NBA. 
Have you ever had like a terrible experience buying tickets? I know I have. It actually happened to me a couple weeks ago. I was in Madrid. I was trying to go to a Real Madrid basketball game to scout, to work, and they did not have the game time app in Spain. So I had to go through their ticket service and it said that I purchased some tickets in the lower bowl. And unlike game time, I didn't have the opportunity to see my tickets. It just said lower bowl and it gave me the seats. When I got to the arena, my seat was like behind the rim. And I was at the highest point of the lower bowl. Total waste of my time. But that doesn't happen on game time because on game time, you can actually see the seat. They even have it on the app where you can view where your seat is at, you know, the number. It is great. And they have these last minute prices. So you don't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next event if you use the game time app because game time is fast. And it is the easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views of your seat. Again, views of your seat. They have a best price guarantee, and they have all-inclusive prices or all-in prices. So that way, if you buy a ticket that's $57, and right when you're about to hit submit to pay, all of a sudden the ticket jumps to $120 because of all these fees. With game time, they show you the fees up front. Again, last minute deals, flash deals, zone deals. It is easy to find and buy tickets for any event that you're looking for. So download the game time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NBA, L O C K E D O N NBA. You can get $20 off your first purchase. Once again, download the game time app, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk about Kalel Ware. Kalel Ware was a player at this time last year, maybe a little bit earlier, but I'll, I'll just say last summer. I thought it was a toss up between him and Derek Lively as the two best centers. Who's going to be the first center off the board outside of Victor Wimbayama? Okay. I thought both were going to have excellent freshman years. Mm -hmm. I did have a little bit of concerns of if they don't have strong years, what would be the reason? And you can make a case to say both didn't have the freshman seasons that a lot of people thought they would have. Lively averaged like five and five, but he still ended up being a 12th pick in the draft, and he's actually playing very well for the Dallas Mavericks. He had some skills that he wasn't able to showcase at Duke, like the passing. He's been a really good passer for the Dallas Mavericks. And then there's Khalil Ware, who had a... I guess when he played, the numbers on paper were fine, but he just kind of fell out of favor at Oregon. Ended up, I mean, being a backup. There were questions about his motor. I know I had big questions about his motor and his intensity, but never, ever questioned his talent and what he brings to the table if he puts it all together. And so far, the grass has definitely been greener for Khalil Ware because he is putting it together in the Hoosier State. What has been your impression of Khalil Ware so far? Actually, no, before you get to that, what was your impression of Khalil Ware prior <clears throat> to Indiana? So I remember watching him play in high school. They played, uh, he went to North Little Rock, Nick Smith Jr. He played against Case and Wallace. And Rylan Griffin, and Rylan from Griffin. Alabama. They went to Richardson High School. Shout out to my, my guys at Richardson High School. They're probably not listening to John class right now. 
But um, yeah, he. I was like, yo, who's this seven foot jump shooting athletic dude? Like, yo, who is this guy? So then he went to Oregon, and then I was like, okay, he went to Oregon. I think his name is Nafali Dante. That's Seems like he's been there forever. Yeah, he's been there for a while, and I was like, okay, that's an interesting I think choice. With Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks, you sure wasn't Luke right now? <laughs> nah. But it was just an interesting choice, you know, to go there. Very. Well, I heard that he had a really strong relationship with one of the assistants that recruited him. Then that coach actually went to UNO. Well, it, we call it UNO. We're from Nebraska. Growing up, it was called University of Nebraska Omaha. But now it's just yeah, called right. Omaha. Gotcha. So that coach is the head coach at Omaha. <gasps> so they say that once that coach took the job, that kind of played a role in things going downhill at Oregon. Okay, that makes sense. Well, you know, at Oregon, like you said, you saw flashes, but it wasn't what you expected. And then again, he was split minutes. Uh, when he did start, I think he... Uh, yeah, Dante big was, game against UConn. Yeah, remember. Dante was hurt a little bit towards the beginning of the season, I want to say. And, you know, you saw the potential, you saw the talent, but... For whatever reason, he just kind of went back, and he entered the portal, and he's at Indiana right now, and he looks really, really good at Indiana right now. So good that, again, I prior to filming, I was like, yo, Rock, I know V. Missy is your guy, but like, hey, what's the difference? Who's better? We see Khalil Ware is very skilled. He looks way more polished. Hey, and guess yeah. what? You know what? Like, man, back to them Rockefeller freestyle days. What did Jay-Z say about young Chris? Yo, he's only 19. He's only 16. That's what he was saying. Oh, well, is 19 still. So, like, he's still very young. He's the team website lists him at 242. He looks every bit of 230, 240. Yeah. He's filled out. He's lower happy. frame, like his lower yeah. body. Is strong. Hey, he's running the floor. He's dunking on people. I'm... I have a theory that Mike Woodson is telling him to chill out on the jumpers because he's not really shooting them right now. He's only taking four so far. Yeah. Uh, he's made a three-pointer, but you see this, this, the, the touch is there. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's basically out there dunking everything, blocking shots. Uh, he looks to be more physical, and he looks, he looks really, really good. Definitely looks more confident, and, you know, confidence is half the battle. Right now, through three games, he's averaging 18.3 points, 10 rebounds, 2.3 assists, two blocks, shooting 74% from the floor, 33% from three, and 70% from the foul line. His athleticism pops out. It looks easy. He looks huge on the court. Yeah. Like they're using him as a lob threat, and his radius is crazy. Like They're just throwing it up there, and he's getting it way above the rim. He shows that he's skilled. He's running the floor. That was one of my concerns a little bit last year. I knew he could run the floor, but it just didn't seem like he always ran the floor. Mm -hmm. Mike Woodson hasn't run the floor. And I, I agree with your assessment. I think Mike Woodson said, hey. Don't forget these pops, bro. <laughs> Yo, you roll every single get time. this money and then show you can shoot and once you look, get to the NBA. And you know what? I have no problem with that because guess what? Mike Woodson coached in the NBA for a long time. He knows what it is. Yeah. And guess what? If I'm Mike Woodson and I have a recruit for next year, and I'm like, look, y'all saw what Khalil Ware did. We told him what was going to get him to the next level, and he did it. Yeah. And they're actually running post-ups for yeah. him. He's 8 of 12 in the post. 
But what I have been really impressed with is he's made like running hooks with Man. his right hand yeah. and his left hand. He's playing more physical. He shot a turnaround like Lamarcus Aldridge type jumper. He had a play on the I get my blocks mixed up. He catches it on the right block. He faces up. He goes middle and he shoots like the the running hook. The running hook. Yeah, yeah the soft touch around the rim has been impressive. Like I said, eight of twelve on post ups. He is check this out. Thirteen of thirteen on shots at the rim. Nine for nine on dunks. And when I was like, I watched some of the games, but then when I watched the film, I'm like. Is he scoring outside of dunks? Because it looked like he was dunking everything. And then I went to Synergy, and I just decided, you know what, let me just focus on his post-ups. Like, if you're an everydayer, and you know I love post-play, I can't wait till the game switches and post-play is valued again in the NBA. Not just for, like, centers. I wanted to see other guys outside of Embiid and Jokic post-up. I'm, I'm a fan of back in the day where – Guards punish smaller guards, wings posted up. I mean, you know, the Jerry Stackhouses, the Andre yeah, basic you, game. I'm going to tell you what my Slim Charles said, man. Think about the old days. They the old days, man. <laughs> what, what song was that? It was a camera. Remember them days? Yeah, man, the days, days over, yeah. But one day, it's going to come back. And Khalil Ware has been impressive on the block. Like, he's scoring and looking comfortable. They're feeding him the ball in the block. He's shooting over smaller defenders. He's making righty hooks, lefty hooks, turnaround jumpers. That has been the most impressive thing for me outside of the improved motor. You were right. And actually, Messi, Messi has... Hold on, what you say? Say that again, brother? You were... Well, you didn't say where it was better than Messi. You weren't as high on Messi. But I will say this. I had Messi high on my mock draft, I actually had Ethan Almanza pretty high, too. And I had Ware at the bottom of the first round. And, and two of the guys that I had concerns about their motor, their effort, and it just shows a change of scenery. The grass is greener from Alex Sar to yep. Khalil Ware. Yep. Right now, if I had to do a big board or a mock draft right now, say it. they're both in the lottery. Let me ask you another. I was getting ready to get to that. Okay, so let's say we let's assume that Sar is higher, right? What is stopping a team if Khalil if this Khalil Ware grass is legit green and it's not that fake stuff, right? It's not that astroturf. No, it's not that astroturf. It's not that uh, whatever the grass version of Beijing is that you spray in your hair, <laughs> like. What's stopping him from being the second big taken off the off Maybe the draft. first. This draft is wide open. This if draft he, is very wide if open. If Alex Sar slows down and the draft is the open. Bobble passes. <laughs> that's another that's another episode. And that's my thing about Missy. When I watched this film, I was like, he's really, really raw. Which I knew he was raw. I told you that. But he, I knew he was raw. But he bobbles passes. But I mean it's it's clear that Ware is more polished and, and more skilled. And so I, like I said, it's early. It's only been a few games, eighteen and ten. If Club Ware plays like he's playing in conference play, why can't he be a top pick? This draft is wide open. Nobody has stood out so far. No, and guess what? The dudes that stood out, they stood right back in too. And guys that have stood out are like so far down on preseason boards that it's going to be hard for them to move up. But anyway, when we return. We got to talk about three more players, Dalton Connect and two Hunters, Hunter Salas 
and Hunter Dickinson. All right, before we talk about those prospects, let's talk about prize picks because prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. It is the most exciting daily fantasy sports game out there. Instead of battling thousands of players and machines and pros and sharks and bots, it is just you versus the projected numbers. All you have to do is pick two to six players and their stat projections and let the winnings come in. What PrizePix is doing that I think is so dope is they have a reboot policy. And you're probably wondering, like, what is a reboot policy? If you have a player that exits the game or gets injured, so basically if you have Anthony Davis on your team, he gets hurt in the first half and he doesn't return in the second half, he gets rebooted. And PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and again you can get a first deposit match up to $100. But once again, thank you, thank you for making Locked On NBA Big Boy your first listen of the day. Last thing we got to try to squeeze these three in, Dalton Connect. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to talk yeah, about Yeah, I want you to talk about Dalton Connect first. Transfer from Northern Colorado, three yeah. games, averaging 19.7 points, 3.7 rebounds, one assist, which is shocking to me because when I watched his film, I felt like he never passes the ball. But he's a bucket. Yeah. yeah. He is a bucket. He's a, a highlight. I mean, he's a, like, he makes highlights. I should say that. I, I don't want to say sneaky athlete because I think that becomes like a racial term in a sense. Anytime a white guy is athletic and he dunks, people label him sneaky. Name the last sneaky athlete that was a brother. Paul Pierce. <laughs> 35 years ago? Hey, I mean, I mean, there are some, but like to me, Paul Pierce is the definition of sneaky athlete. Like, if you go you you if you go to YouTube. And type in Paul Pierce's dunks. <laughs> like okay, he got some bodies. I know. But yeah, so I mean, like like I said, when I think of sneaky athlete, but Connect had a highlight dunk. I don't know if it was in a preseason game or the first game of the, the season. First game of the season. But he took off down the lane, dunked on somebody. I like his size, six six. He looks long too. He, he does look long. He was a twenty point scorer at Northern Colorado. Has a very interesting story. Like I read, he was like five six as like a junior. Starts and then he was like. Good. 6-1, like a senior, and I, and I could be getting the story wrong, goes to like a JUCO, and then he grows to like 6-6 while he's at a JUCO, or I guess between JUCO and Northern Colorado. So he is a, I mean, that's just a unique story. Like, how do you grow like a foot? And you know, if you imagine waking up and like your sleeves is like right here. I yeah. mean, I guess it's okay then, but right now I got too much nah, invested nah, in clothes yeah, and shoes. I'm trying to restart. <laughs> it's I'm too old. Man. <laughs> right. I just cooked. I don't need no growth spurt. But yeah, he had a growth spurt, and you can see some of the skills that he had when he was smaller translated. Mm -hmm. Like there are some guys that you know they're seven footers, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he used to be a guard." And I'm like, I don't see any of those guard skills. He just used to be short. But he's. Like I said, you can see some of the creativity that you kind of need as a smaller guard. Mm -hmm. And it's it's translated as a 6'6 wing. Like I said, he's a good athlete. He's a scorer. Like, again, this is a rap reference. So if you don't listen to rap music, this is going to go over your head. Cameron had a line. He says, you're a passer. 
but I got a scorer's aura. Mm. Dalton Connect is not a passer. Not at all. Not he is a scorer. He has good scoring instincts. He posts up mm. mid post. He's got a little wiggle, offensive creativity. Loves the pull up. Okay. And I, I like his pull up. He's shooting over the top of smaller guards, and it's 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 effortless. He's active. He moves off the ball. I like him. He's a better three point shooter than the numbers indicate. Right now, he's only at twenty eight percent, but he shot thirty eight percent from three on like six attempts per game last year. Yeah. The concern is he's going to be twenty three on draft day. The passing instincts are concerning because I don't know how much room there is in the NBA for a guy to just be like a tunnel vision scorer. And he has way more turnovers than assists. 91 assists to 121 turnovers in his career. And again, the tunnel vision is the biggest concern for me, especially when you consider he's going to be 23 on draft day. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm buying him as a scorer. I just want to know what translates at the next level? I think the shooting. The sh- no, so like, okay, is he a scorer at the next level? Or is he a 3 and D guy at the next He's level? He's going to have to be a shooter yes, first. Absolutely. And then maybe the shooting can open, open up, up his game if you know if he has to attack or close yeah. out. But the post-ups... No, nah, that's probably going to be... I we wish. probably got an expiration date on yeah, that. Yeah, the post-ups. But I like the fact that, you know, he can... He's got to work in the mid post. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, like I, you know, hey man, if you've been listening to me since I've joined Locked On, I'm, like I'm not three and D guy. I'm not a fan. But turning a scorer, scorer into a three and D guy, I can get down with. So again, he can score. Um, I like you said, I'm buying him as a shooter. He's just getting off to a rough start. But you'll see the one dribble pull up at the next level. You'll see the catch and shoot. Um, shots and he has a scores or basically like you know he'll be cutting he'll be doing those things he's active on yeah so I don't think he's a first round pick but he's somebody that will get drafted and he can contribute to a winning like I look at him and not because he's from here but like I see Denver Nugget okay check this out what if he has a strong year in the SEC can he be Chris Duarte I think Chris Duarte killed the the uh, hope of the next Chris Duarte. Because <laughs> Chris Duarte is on his second team right now, and he's buried on the bench for the Kings. So I think that I think that Chris Duarte old head experience uh, experiment is over. I don't want to do a complexion comparison because he's not as athletic as John Conchar is, but like those kind of guys that find their way into rotations. That's what I see Dalton Connect as. Let's talk about Hunter Salas. We are from Omaha, Nebraska. We've actually know Hunter's family. We know his mom. Shout out to Jessica. I've known, I remember when he was a little dude wearing wearing glasses. It wasn't you. I was at home. It was Cam. We have a younger brother. And I want to say a few years back, I was at home for, I don't know, one of the holidays. And we went to play basketball and and uh, like I said, we've known Hunter and some of the coaches. And Hunter was on our team. And we ran the floor at, it's called Genesis, but it was 24-hour fitness then. Mm-hmm. And we were calling Hunter Baby Ingram because <laughs> he was really, really thin and, and skinny. And so I thought he was going to be a, a good player. I didn't see at the time, like, McDonald's All-American and, and the trajectory that he 
finished at his high school career, goes to Gonzaga, and there was quite a few people that was wondering why he went there. And at Gonzaga, he did not look like the player that he was in high school. He had two years at Gonzaga where I thought, and this is just me being totally honest, I thought he struggled with his confidence. He was passing up shots. He only averaged four, basically like four points as a freshman and sophomore. And I don't know if it was the pressure because he was, you know, part of a highly touted class. He was a top 15 recruit. He was a top 15 recruit. And and so a lot of people had given given up on him. I wouldn't say I gave up on him, but I had major, major concerns because he just did not look confident. Like It looked like he just didn't want to shoot. He was too passive. And to me, confidence is half the battle. Transfers to Wake Forest. He had a big game. I don't remember the numbers, but he had a big game in like a close scrimmage against Alabama. And then he had a good opening game. And so far through three games, he's averaged 17 points, two rebounds, 1.7 assists. One of the concerns is outside shooting. I think he shot below 30% the two years at Gonzaga. Small sample size, but he's shooting 37% from three this year. He looks like a different player. The athleticism, the length, the defense, the, the pull-up shooting, the floater, all of the stuff that made him such a highly touted prospect is back now that he's at Wake Forest. So the grass has definitely been greener. What has been your impression of Hunter so far? Uh, again, like you said, he just looks like a totally different player. At Gonzaga, he was a... I don't know what I think they were trying to play him on the ball... But there's another guy at, at Gonzaga, I think Dominic Harris, that transferred. And he's having a big year at Loyola Marymount. So the grass is greener for those guys. So with Hunter, um, you know, like limited role for whatever reason, and he wasn't shooting the ball well, like you said, he wasn't confident. But here at Wake Forest, like he shot in the however many minutes a game he was playing at Gonzaga, it was like one three a game. He's shooting almost seven threes a game now. They were catching shoot threes. He should step back threes. I saw him take the big NBA gather three the other night against Utah, and he's he's making three point shots, and he's a he's looking like a three level scorer. Like you see pull ups, you see uh, floaters, you see the hustle offensive rebound, yeah, creating space. Um, he's got good pace. Uh, again, it's gonna come down to his efficiency. Is he gonna be able to maintain this efficiency? Um, because again, it's it's different when you're not, you know, when you're a role player versus being, you know, he's what number one or number two on the scouting report. Yeah. The one thing that I do need to see from him, I need to see him fill the stat sheet more. Because yeah. right now he's just scoring, and I'm like, all right, you six five, you athletic, you play hard. I need you to grab more than two rebounds a game. I need you to see more assists. He does those things. I feel like he has a chance to hear his name uh, come June, because like I said, like he's he he does. He's doing. He's taking the shots he's supposed to take. He's not. He's starting to make those shots. Now I just want to see the what do they call peripheral stats from him. Yeah. No. He's he's played he's played well. So I think that he made an excellent choice by going to Wake Forest, especially going to Wake Forest. You know why? Because Jake Laravia transferred from Indiana State to Wake Forest. He did his homework. Did his homework. And Jake becomes a first round pick. Alondis Williams was buried on the bench at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Did his goes homework. to Wake Forest. And he is the ACC, I was about to say SEC, ACC player of the year, even though it's called the Atlantic Coast Conference, but now like Stanford. Who knows? It's about to be in the conference next year. But anyway, so great choice, Hunter, going to Wake Forest. 
like James said, did his homework, and he could be another player that just benefits from going to the right situation. Real quick, Hunter Dickinson, averaging 22 points, 12 rebounds, shooting 65% from the floor, had 27 and 21 against Kentucky. Man, you know how he... You know how easy it is to grab 22 rebounds the way Kentucky shot that night? It's not easy, but I'm saying, like, Kentucky was, yo, Homer was 7 from 25 from the field. He did was 3 for 17. From three. You remember when Barry Davis used to play them, like, the off-brand summer league games where he only shot threes? Like, uh, I forget what the website was. This is before they made summer league. That's what it looked like. And then Dewan Wagner was 1 for 12. Like, DJ. DJ, excuse me. I mean, I'm not hating on my man grabbing 22 rebounds because that's – that's 22 rebounds. It's 22 rebounds. But, man, how many rebound opportunities did he have? Do you think he has a chance to sneak in the NBA? I mean, he's been productive, very productive on the college level. Probably a, a favorite outside of Zach Eady, maybe Filipowski to win um, college player of the year. He has shot the ball well from three. Not a huge number of attempts throughout his career. But he's very productive. Great touch around the basket. Traditional old school center. And just in a yes or no answer, do you think there's a world where he could sneak into the second round of the NBA draft? Yes. We will get to this in another episode. Once again, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Rafael Bartle. He's James Bartle. We're going to talk about Hunter Dickinson on another episode because I feel like this is going to be a long conversation. And maybe it's an episode that we can dedicate to the traditional back-to-the-basket centers. I like that. We've shown little flashes of touch. And will they have a shot in the NBA? Once again, thank you. We are.